Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you. So glad you've joined us right off the top here at 6 o'clock for our first check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning a new poll shows tight races in Florida. Details are coming up in one minute. And we'll get into the stunning poll results and the new revelations about Andrew Gillum and his campaign. Don't miss it. It's coming next on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio 93.1. New polls from CNN indicate that Florida's two major statewide races are a dead heat. In the U.S. Senate contest, Democratic incumbent Bill Nelson leads Republican Governor Rick Scott by two points, 49% to 47%. And in the governor's race, Democrat Andrew Gillum has a one-point advantage over Republican Ron DeSantis, 49% to 48%. A previous CNN poll had Gillum up by 12 points. Something's going on here, and I think I know what, it's, uh, what it is. I'll analyze it, and it will be right after the news. Meanwhile, Bud, Ron DeSantis is taking to conservative media to get his message across in the days leading up to the election. Appearing on the Rush Limbaugh show yesterday, DeSantis accused Andrew Gillum of being more radical than people know. Well, this guy is more radical than Moonbeam Brown in California, more liberal than Cuomo in New York. I mean, he would be the most left-wing governor in the country. And DeSantis claims that Gillum is in the pocket of liberal billionaires George Soros and Tom Steyer. Yeah, and I've got plenty to back that up here in just a moment, Alan. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The South Florida man accused of mailing bombs to prominent Democrats, CNN, and others around the country is due in court this morning in Miami. 56-year-old Cesar Sayoc will go before a judge for a pretrial detention hearing. The judge could order Sayoc to be transferred to New York. Residents of the Florida Panhandle are still coping with the aftermath of Hurricane Michael, but Panama City businessman and former Speaker of the Florida House Alan Ben says people are starting to forget. We're hurting, and as time ticks away and the elections get closer, I think we might be falling off people's radar screen in terms of needs. But you know, this is America, and this is where we help each other. Benz is one of the leaders of a new campaign called Rebuild 850. They're asking people to donate to the recovery effort, volunteer to help survivors, visit the areas that have reopened so businesses can get back to normal, and invest in the region for the long haul. The Carnival Sunshine cruise ship returns to Port Canaveral this morning after some scary moments at sea. The ship began listing Sunday when an electrical malfunction caused the vessel's fins, which stabilized the ship, to not work correctly. Carnival Cruise Lines maintains the ship is safe and passengers were in no danger. Stuff was falling off shelves everywhere. People were freaking out. It only lasted a minute, Alan, but when it gets going like that, all you can think of is the Titanic or the Poseidon Adventure, yeah. and you don't know what's coming next. Shelly Winters could come floating by at any moment. At any moment. I'm <laughs> sure some folks were expecting it. What a nightmare. A new study says there's a clear link between cell phone radiation and tumor growth. The National Institute of Health has been studying the effects of cell phone radiation on rodents since 1999 and released its final report yesterday. It shows a link to heart, brain, and adrenal gland cancers in male rats. Very important to keep your rat off the phone. Apparently, though, they were subject to a whole lot more radiation, I was reading, than any of us when we use a cell phone. So there's that side of it as well. But keep the rat off the phone. Always good advice. 
UCF and Temple combined for more than 1,300 yards of total offense in a shootout at Spectrum Stadium last night. The Knights eventually prevailed 52-40 to despite trailing at halftime. UCF head coach Josh Heupel knew the Owls would be tough. We talked about going in the ball game, knowing that uh, Temple's really well coached. They're playing really well and extremely physical. It was going to be a 60-minute ball game. Uh, going down at halftime, kids are, are calm. Uh, have competitive calmness about them, uh, believe in, in who and what we are, and um, you know just continue to fight, scratch, and claw and find a way to, to get on the right side. The 12th-ranked Knights extended the nation's longest winning streak to 21 games. Yeah, I recorded that and cruised through it on high speed this morning. It was a shootout. Wild scene. Wish I'd been there. But the Knights win again. They That's, do. The bottom line is... 21 straight and counting. Yeah, WFLA news time is 6.06. A half-naked woman falls through the ceiling of a Tennessee restaurant twice. That story is <laughs> online at WFLAOrlando.com. <laughs> You're killing me. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. Give me that headline again. I'm not sure I heard that right. A half-naked woman falls through the ceiling of a Tennessee restaurant twice. <laughs> I got to check this out. I don't even know how I can do a show after you give me a headline like that. Check it out on the website, WFLAOrlando.com. It's what we call here Alan Specter Friday. Yikes. You never know what's coming. Anything goes. Alan will be bringing us the news top and bottom of the hour whenever it breaks and whenever the spirit moves him. And Yaffe's our executive producer. Steph's uh, screening the phone calls. Yaffe, Alan, you guys are UCF grads. I mean, you got to be over the moon about this team headed perhaps for another undefeated season. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. They just, you know, they had a tough game a few weeks ago against Memphis where they were trailing at halftime. Right. In the pouring rain on the road, pulled that one out, and then last night trailing at halftime against a very tough Temple team that's been hot of late. Oh, yeah. And uh, come up with a victory. It's exciting, isn't it, Yaffe? They still don't get any respect, though. Yeah. No, still they no don't. Respect. They don't. In the, in the uh, playoff committee first poll midway through the season here, they rated number 12. They were up to nine in a couple of other polls. They yeah. dropped three points here. You're right. They get no respect. They're, part uh, part they're, of it is strength of schedule. I heard they have the 127th toughest schedule, and I think that gets cranked in. I don't oh, like I'm sure it, but, it I, but I'm sure it does. But, you know, being behind Florida, which has lost twice this year. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Excellent point. All right, we're getting right into this whole situation with the CNN poll. Um, All of a sudden, Gillum is hemorrhaging voters in certain demographics and in certain categories, and DeSantis is picking up support, and, um, and we'll get into what's happening here. I think I know why this poll is now so close and why I am feeling increasingly optimistic that when the dust settles and we gather here after the election on next Wednesday morning, we will be saluting the brand-new governor, Ron DeSantis, and the brand-new Florida Senator, Rick Scott. I will tell you why I'm feeling that way, and we're also going to hear something that is um, pretty chilling but very instructive about what Andrew Gillum is truly all about and what his campaign is all about. And as you'll hear, it has, frankly, to do with deceiving the voters. It's all ahead. 
We'll have that right after we uh, try to make your wallet great again with our texting contest. You could win $1,000 cold cash. Nice way to start your weekend, right? Listen now for the keyword of this hour, then text that keyword to 200-200. Good luck to you. That followed by an update in Orlando's news, weather and traffic, here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Pretty stunning results on this uh, poll on the Florida governor's race and the Florida Senate race here, especially from CNN. Tell you what I think is going on here after I give you the specific numbers here. Uh, In the Senate race, according to this poll, and this was done um, polling people across the state uh, on cell phones and um, phone landlines, okay? Not an online poll this time around. And it shows... Bill Nelson, 49, Rick Scott, 47 in the race for governor. And you know most of the polls have shown Gillum to be up like several points, five points, six points in many polls here. Now a one-point race in the CNN poll. Uh, 49 for Gillum, 48 for DeSantis. And in the poll, the decline in support for Gillum is coming from a wide swath of demographic groups. Um, sharpest among non-white voters, where Gillum has dropped nine points in a month in that poll. Those without college degrees, down seven points in support for Gillum. And women, down six. At the same time, DeSantis has apparently consolidated support, the poll finds, among Republicans. 94% of Republicans now support him. It was 88% a month ago in the same poll. And he has apparently won over some independents. He's backed by 47% of independents now. Same poll last month, only 42%. People are beginning to come to grips with what a left-wing extremist this man is. What you heard from DeSantis on Russia's show during Allen's newscast is absolutely right. We would be electing the most extreme left-wing governor in the United States of America. Counterparts in California and New York don't even compete with what an extremist he is. Now we have more, a more cloudy, murky scenarios involving how Gillum runs the city of Tallahassee and taps into resources for his own personal use. Fox running with a story, and others as well. Documents released, uh, you know, showing that he used city funds for private campaign travel. Uh, and on and on it goes. We know about the lies in terms of the investigation by the FBI and how he took those tickets for a Broadway show from an undercover agent. He didn't know at the time that's what he was dealing with. And on and on it goes. Here is my analysis of this. Before we get into something pretty amazing for you to hear, some hidden camera uh, video, and we'll give you the sound of it, uh, will reveal what Andrew Gillum in this campaign is truly all about. I think what we're looking at here that gives me hope, we're going to have a Governor DeSantis and a Senator Rick Scott when this is all over on Wednesday morning. There is an unpollable pro-Trump vote. We saw it in 2016. It's why the polls were all wrong on Trump versus Hillary. And I think it's to the benefit of DeSantis in particular and Scott as well. I mean, I mean, there are a lot of people who are pro-Trumpers who would vote for DeSantis and vote for Scott who don't wind up getting polled because they hang up on the pollsters because they don't trust them. I don't get polled at home. I hang up on the pollsters. And a lot of you, I suspect, do as well. 
And on the online surveys, you get voters who are a little bit older who might be more conservative, inclined to vote for Trump and candidates who support him or, or who support the president. And on online surveys, they are not the same presence as the younger voters out there. And it becomes an unpollable vote that I think ultimately gets counted to the advantage, in this case, of DeSantis and Scott. Do you agree with me on that? 407-916-5400. I think that is more than wishful thinking on the Bud Man's part. I think that is real. And if this race is as close as the CNN poll now shows, that should be enough to get DeSantis and Scott over the finish line. Do you agree with my analysis on that? There is an unpollable vote here. 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680 where standard message and data rate supply. Um, connect with us in a host of ways through the amazing and absolutely free iHeartRadio app. Get a crystal clear signal of everything we're doing on Good Morning Orlando and Rush and Glenn and everybody on the uh, on the station anywhere on earth, anytime at all. Of course, you can pick us up on the FM dial now on a new frequency 93.1 and and on AM 540 as well. Download the free and phenomenal iHeartRadio app right now. You will love it. An update now on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming your way in just two minutes. Stick around. Lots cooking for you this morning here on the 50,000-watt front porch on Good Morning Orlando. I've given you the latest poll from CNN showing how tight the races are for Florida governor now and for the Senate. And, uh, and my analysis on the unpollable vote um, that will be counted. Terry, you were listening to me. You hail from Arizona, but you're visiting us here in Florida. Welcome in from wherever you are on the turnpike. You're on with a bud man. Good morning, Terry. Hey, good morning, my gosh. I am so impressed with your analysis and your depth about the non-polling stuff. I'm from the Freedom State, and uh, we love Rick Scott, and I'm very impressed with you this morning. Well, thank you, Terry. We try to bring our A-game. Sometimes we make it, sometimes we don't. Glad it's working for you. Safe travels down the turnpike in the Sunshine State. To Claremont, Matt, good morning. You're on. Go ahead, Matt. Hello, Matt. Matt, are you there? I'm going to put put her on hold right now because I've got to get to this. Um, I'm not a fan of people being recorded without their knowledge, uh, but I am a fan of the conservative group Project Veritas that has generated another hidden camera video here um, it, which which blows the cover off uh, of what the Gillum campaign is really all about. I mean, we may be four days away from electing a left-wing extremist as governor of this great state, and it is important to know what this guy, Gillum, really stands for and what his campaign is all about. So I want you to listen to some cuts from a guy named Omar Smith, who is a key member of the Gillum campaign team, hired by the Democrat Party, apparently, who doesn't realize he's on hidden camera, talking with a reporter from the conservative group Project Veritas. He's Omar Smith. Listen to him. Say He, he says he went to college with Gillum, uh, but he leaves no doubt where Gillum is on the political spectrum, far left. You have the extreme right-wingers. Those are the, the Trump and the, the, the crazy, 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 crazy Republicans. The progressives are the crazy, crazy, crazy Democrat. Isn't Gillum a progressive? Gillum is a progressive. So Gillum is part of the crazy crazies? He's part of the crazy, crazy, crazy. Omar Smith revealing here the Gillum campaign's contempt for Florida's more conservative politics, which blocks left-wing extremists like Gillum. I want you to listen for the slur here against white Floridians 
the use of the term cracker. The rules in Florida f up. <laughs> so tell me about it, man. All right, this is a bad state. Okay. It's a cracker state. Okay. Okay? Ask anybody outside of here. You go Port St. Lucie, Orlando. Man, them crackers ain't gonna let us do that. Now Omar Smith on Gillum, who knows, who knows his left-wing agenda will never be enacted if he is elected. Raise the corporate tax in Florida from 7 to 11%. That will never happen. Raise teachers' pay to $50,000. That will never happen. Give me another position. Medicare for all. Medicare, yeah. That will never happen. Reason being, the legislature that writes the bills is all Republican controlled. So then none of the programs that, that you know people are hoping for would happen? Basically. <laughs> well, do voters know that? I know. I know. Hmm? Do voters know that? That's not for them to know. Huh? That's not for them to know. Remember our saying? Exactly Modern day fairy tales start with once I am elected. You hear that from the guy in the campaign for Gillum, Omar Smith? It's not for the voters to know that the candidate knows none of what he's advocating will ever happen. All they want is the votes. And finally, quick cut here. With a hidden camera rolling, the undercover Project Veritas reporter asks Omar Smith with the Gillum campaign team, how does Andrew Gillum get enough votes to get elected governor? You have to appeal to white guilt. Appeal to white guilt. What that means is you vote for Gillum even though he's a left-wing extremist, a demonstrated liar, and quite likely big-time corrupt. You're white, you vote for Andrew Gillum. Because if you don't, you feel like a racist. White guilt. Back to line one. The signal's up again on Madden Claremont. Quickly, please, Madden, thank you for waiting. Yeah, but false promises from Democrats... You know, I think that our message has been more effective. President Trump on health care and DeSantis saying he would sign a uh, pre-existing conditions bill. Mm -hmm. That really appealed to people. I think that flipped a lot of people. Yeah, I think the health care issue is a very big issue on health care lately. There's no question about it. Do you also agree with me in my analysis here as this race tightens up? There is an unpollable pro Trump vote. Uh, yeah, yes, and I don't want to give away too much on that because that's one of our little secrets. We don't want to tell them that. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Trump says rocks equal firearms. Time to fall back. News next. Alan Spector on Fridays brings it to us here in Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio from your cell pound 250 keyword real estate. So glad you're with us at 630. A little later in this half hour, I'll get into some uh, excerpts from the president's speech out of the White House yesterday on the whole situation with illegal immigration, the border, the caravans, uh, asylum seekers, etc., and setting the table for our conversation on that, Alan Spector. Alan? But President Trump is warning migrants headed to the U.S. border not to throw rocks. Trump said yesterday some members of the Central American migrant caravans are very bad people who throw rocks and that some Mexican police have been badly injured by rock-throwing migrants. 
He warned that U.S. officials will liken rocks to firearms if that happens at the U.S. border. The president held another Make America Great rally in Columbia, Missouri last night, and he accused Democrats of being behind the caravan. And you take a look at the scene where thousands and thousands of people are marching. And then you hear that Democrats want to have open borders, and they want to invite caravan after caravan into our country, overwhelming your schools, your hospitals, and your communities. Trump was campaigning on behalf of Republican Senate candidate Josh Hawley, who's in a tight race in Missouri with Democratic incumbent Claire McCaskill. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Common Cause is praising state and local elections officials in the panhandle for ensuring that survivors of Hurricane Michael can vote in the midterms. While the group accuses several states of voter suppression, Liza McLennan with Common Cause of Florida says it's a different story in the panhandle. The Secretary of State worked with the supervisors to give them greater latitude in the execution of the election with extended days and hours for early voting. And the voters are turning out. Bay County has exceeded its 2014 early vote turnout rate. Early voting continues in Florida at least through tomorrow, depending on the county you're in. Florida has a new law that says the Sunshine State will remain on daylight saving time all year long, but that won't happen this year because Congress has not approved. State Senator Greg Stubbe of Bradenton says states can remain on standard time all year long if they choose, but they can't stay on daylight saving time without an act of Congress. There are two states that opted into standard time, but they currently can do that under the U.S. Code. So it would take Congress to change that section of the U.S. Code. And if they do that, then because the bill is already passed, we'll be in daylight savings time. So Florida will fall back to standard time on Sunday and then wait on Washington to see if they ever decide to deal with that issue. Nick Mullins. That name ring a bell? It rings it because I caught a highlight from a Thursday night NFL game last night. He threw for 262 (laughs) yards and three touchdowns in his very first NFL start as the 49ers routed the Raiders 34-3 at Santa Clara. San Francisco sacked Oakland quarterback Derek Carr seven times in the win and improved to two and seven. The lowly Raiders, boy, poor John Gruden. Oh. They've lost four straight and own the worst record in the AFC at one and seven. Betty wishes he were back in the broadcast booth. WFLA News Time is 636. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Get these stories and more at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. With Gina Cervetti joining us live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City with the Daily Bloomberg Business Report. And good Friday morning to you, Gina. Well, good Friday morning to you. So what do you think? Stocks on the upswing, will mm-hmm. that continue? Yeah, sure looks like it. We've got those stock futures pointing to more gains at the open this morning. Dow futures up 232 points. That's almost 1%. Lots of renewed optimism here this morning over international trade. For one thing, a source tells Bloomberg that President Trump wants to reach an agreement with China's president at the Group of 20 Nations Summit later this month and has even ordered cabinet officials to draft terms for an agreement between the world's two biggest economies. So once again, that's boosting the mood today. We did have stocks rising for a third day yesterday, continuing that torrid rebound from the October sell-off as investors assess the latest batch of earnings. 
The Dow jumped 265 points to 25,381. The S&P rose 29 or 1% to 2740. The Nasdaq bounced almost 2%. The Bloomberg Orlando Index was up 2.5% yesterday. Well, very nice there. And here it is, first Friday of the month. Gina means we get the jobs report. What are you expecting? That's right. Always do an hour before Wall Street's opening bell. An economist surveyed by Bloomberg are estimating payroll gains of 200,000. That would be a big improvement from the month before, but that's when we had a hurricane impacting those numbers. The jobless rate is projected to remain at 3.7 percent, and average hourly earnings may get a bump higher with an estimated gain of 3.1 percent from a year ago. Now let's put the Bloomberg spotlight on Apple, shall we? Their shares are declining after the results they reported. Uh, what mm-hmm. can you tell us on this score about Apple, Gina? They reported after the closing bell yesterday, Bud, and they disappointed investors with their holiday period forecast, suggesting that demand is weaker than expected for their pricier new iPhones. But the company further stoked concern by saying it's going to stop reporting unit sales of the iPhone, and that's its most important product. Many analysts see this as a way to hide the pain of a stagnant smartphone market. We should point out that earnings and revenue in the latest quarter did beat estimates, but analysts honing in on this iPhone situation, and as we said, the stock is declining this morning. And we've got a messy corporate divorce going on between Walmart and their longtime credit card partner, and it's wound up in court. What do you know, Gina? That's right. The credit card issuer here is Synchrony Financial. Negotiations have faltered over whether to shift billions of dollars in balances to Walmart's new partner, and that's Capital One. In a federal lawsuit filed in Arkansas, Walmart is requesting a jury trial. Says it's seeking damages from Synchrony of at least $800 million, accusing the lender of breaching its agreement for the credit cards issued to Walmart shoppers. Synchrony calls the suit baseless, says it plans to file claims against Walmart. So stay tuned. Yeah, and before you go, I remember well when you really rocked us one morning some time ago by telling us that maybe Toys R Us is not dead and buried, that they may be on the comeback trail, and you've got an update on that. What do you know? Yeah, Toys R Us could be back in business next year. That's the plan from the hedge funds that now own the brand. They're making plans that include brick-and-mortar locations for the chain. But before that happens, they're teaming up with the big grocer Kroger on pop-up sections named Jeffrey's Toy Box in about 600 Kroger stores across the country. But the relaunch here, bud, Mm -hmm. the plans not sitting well with former workers. They blame the funds for the company's liquidation and the loss of 33,000 jobs. Wow, so this could get a little bit ugly. Very interesting there, the possibility of Toys R Us making some kind of a comeback. I know you'll stay on top of that and all the business news every morning as you join us. Gina Savetti with the Bloomberg uh, Business Report from the Big Apple. Have a nice weekend, Gina. We'll catch you next time around. Thanks, bud. You too. All right, coming up, we're going to get into the president's immigration speech from the White House yesterday. And I got to tell you, I love what he's talking about here. It's been a long time coming, being as tough as he is on out-of-control illegal immigration. And um, I've got something to say to the liberals who listen to me on this score, who think the president is staging a pre-election stunt here, getting tough on the border, sending the military down, telling these caravans coming out of Central America destined to break into our country if they can do it, that it is not going to happen. 
I want to talk to you liberals, you bleeding heart liberals, and you know who you are, who think that the president is cruel and hard-hearted and needs to open the doors to all of these caravans. And when I'm done with you, you're not going to feel this way if you've got a rational brain in your head. It is coming up after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. From the Roosevelt Room yesterday afternoon, right on schedule at 4.15, a tough-as-nails, very pragmatic speech from the president all about that caravan or those caravans. Let's listen. At this very moment, large, well-organized caravans of migrants are marching toward our southern border. Some people call it an invasion. It's like an invasion. These are tough people in many cases. A lot of young men, strong men, and a lot of men that maybe we don't want in our country. But again, we'll find that out through the legal process. But these illegal caravans will not be allowed into the United States. And they should turn back now because they're wasting their time. And the president then focused on what he'll flesh out with an executive order next week. Changes in how we are going to be handling asylum seekers at the border from here on out. My administration is finalizing a plan to end the rampant abuse of our asylum system. Under this plan, the illegal aliens will no longer get a free pass into our country by lodging meritless claims in seeking asylum. Instead, migrants seeking asylum will have to present themselves lawfully at a port of entry. That's exactly the way it should be. But there are liberals out there right now who are screaming the president needs to show compassion for these people and what they've endured living in Central America and open up our borders. Give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. What's the matter with you, Mr. President? We got to drum you out of office. You don't have a heart for these people. I've got a question for you, your liberal friends, the likes of Andrew Gillum and Nancy Pelosi. And here it is. What would you do if you suddenly learned that a huge crowd of people from a poor, tough side of town were marching toward your house, determined to get in and to stay so they can have a life better than the one they've been living where they were? What would you do, liberals? What would you do, Andrew? What would you do, Nancy? You would call the police immediately and say, we can't have this. I need protection. We've got to stop this. You, police, you need to stop this. The police would say, well, for openers, why don't you lock your front door? Well, I don't have a lock on the front door. We're, we're compassionate. We're inclusive. We welcome everyone. Well, the cops would say, I think, all right then, hey, you're on your own. Just let them in. No, 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 we can't do that. We don't know who these people are. We don't have enough room. We'll be overrun. Do you see the analogy? Do you see that? That, liberals, is what you would do. That Andrew Gillum, that Nancy Pelosi, that Chuck Schumer is what you would do. You would call the police and you would demand 
that they protect you and stop this. That's exactly what the president is doing. And he has a constitutional duty to protect our country and our people. And he has broad duties, as any president does, and, and powers to determine who gets into this country and who does not, enshrined in the Constitution. There's nothing wrong with what the president is doing. He is doing what he is required to do. He is doing what you liberals would do. If you had a crowd of people you don't even know heading for your house saying, we're getting in and we're staying, what would you do? Okay? Now, does that help you understand the situation on the border and how this should be handled? It ought to. Of course, I don't know. Bleeding heart liberals, I mean, it's all emotion. Not a whole lot of thinking going on. Jaffe, thanks, by the way, for uh, hosting the show yesterday while I grabbed a day off. and uh, Got to enjoy trick-or-treating with the grandkids on Halloween without having to do show prep. Appreciate that. Your thoughts on the president's speech and, uh, and the analogy that I threw um, in the face of the liberals who might be with us here about what they would do if all of a sudden they learned that there was a huge crowd of people who were planning to break yeah. into their house and stay. I mean, the left is trying to paint Trump as a fear monger, but I think the majority of the American people are not going to support basically hundreds, if not thousands of people coming at the border at once. Even those who are maybe more open to a more open immigration system are not going to like the images of just thousands of people we don't know kind of attacking the border at once. Mm -hmm. So I think it's actually a winning issue for Trump. And um, I can see the text line glowing there. So you got some incoming on this. What do you see? Uh, yeah, one person uh, just says, send them back. Another person says, perhaps each of these liberals that you've been talking about, bud, should open their own homes to house members of the caravan and take care of them. Yes, yes, they should. They want them to come in. Yes, yes, that works for me. I like it. Kevin, good morning from Orlando. Good morning to you, Kevin. Hello, bud. How you doing, buddy? I'm hey, on fire. Are, How are you, buddy? I am, too. Y'all remind them that uh, Obama and Clinton said the same thing that President Trump's saying. They're so hypocritical and deranged that they can't understand them or they won't remember that their Obama and their Clinton said the same thing that President Trump is saying. Yeah, there's so a great my, cut from Obama in about 05 and way back to yeah. early 90s, Harry Reid, who wound up being the extremely right. liberal and annoying Senate Majority Leader, talking the same way about we just cannot have same uncontrolled thing. illegal immigration into this country. Exactly. They're so hypocritical. They are. It. I it's, agree. It just makes me sick. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for that. Appreciate you, Kevin. Scott, you're uh, weighing in from Orlando. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch with a Bud Man. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Bud. I can't believe that Trump didn't target the seniors and blame the Democrats to want to give all this money to all these illegals because we have millions of them in America. Taking the money away from the seniors, their Social Security, their Medicare, uh, you know, the Democrats just want to give our money away, but what about our poor seniors? And then the college students. They want to educate all these illegals and this and that, but what about educating the American students that need to go to college? Oh, it's very interesting. So what you're saying is the president, I mean, as effective as he's been, and my God, is one rally after another, Missouri last night, West Virginia, Indiana today, back to Florida, um, uh, just before the election, you still think he may have missed the boat here 
in that regard. I think he should have. I think he should have targeted the seniors because you know we have a lot of baby boomers, but just like you and I are baby boomers ourselves, mm-hmm. that are going to be needing Medicare and Social Security, mm-hmm. and um, you know he should have targeted them, and then that would have been a lot more voters for the Republican Party because the Democrats just want to give our money away. Gotcha, Scott. That's interesting. I'm, and I think you. Uh, I think there's merit to what you say. I think there's some merit to what you say. Hey, how would you like to uh, enjoy a, a movie this weekend? Have you been to see First Man, the, the moon landing movie? I saw it. It's not great, but it's good and it's worth seeing. How would you like to go to that or any other movie at the theaters absolutely free? It can happen courtesy of Adam Tickets. It's Free Movie Friday, and let me tell you how you have a chance to win free movie tickets through Adam Tickets. You need to text them and text them right now. Text Adam Tickets Text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661 for your chance to win, yeah, free tickets to the movies. The Adam Ticket app is amazing. You can go there and browse movie titles, buy tickets, and oh, my goodness, so much more. Happy Free Movie Friday from all of us here on Good Morning Orlando. Alan Spector updating our news at the top of the hour with new polls indicating tightening Florida races and the accused male bomber here in Florida due in court today. Good morning from us all at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. We finally made it to Friday. Welcome aboard here at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, statewide races tighten according to a new poll. We'll have details coming up in one minute. And I'm going to analyze all 12 of those amendments on the Florida ballot. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to vote, and I want to know how you plan to vote. So let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. 704 on News Radio 93.1. New polls indicate Florida's major statewide races are going down to the wire. A new CNN survey gives Democratic incumbent Bill Nelson just a two point lead over Republican Governor Rick Scott in the U.S. Senate race. And Democrat Andrew Gillum up by 12 points in the last CNN poll is down to a one-point lead over Republican Ron DeSantis in the governor race. DeSantis was on the radio yesterday with Rush Limbaugh claiming that Gillum is a far-left candidate in the pocket of liberal billionaires. He's a lifetime politician, never done anything outside of government, um, has trained at, at this left-wing institute out in Oakland with people like Van Jones and Linda Sarsour. Um, he's funded by George Soros, millions of dollars, millions of dollars from Tom Steyer, um, and he basically uh, is in their pocket. DeSantis said if elected, Gillum would be the most liberal governor in the country. Absolutely right. I'm going to analyze what's going on with this polling here, as I did in the 6 o'clock hour, a little bit later for folks just joining us, Alan. All right, bud. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The South Florida man accused of sending mail bombs to high-profile Democrats, CNN, and others is due in court at Miami today. Cesar Sayoc will make his second court appearance today where a judge will tell him if he will be let out on bail. Federal, state, and local authorities believe he's behind the series of packages sent to people who have been critical of President Trump. Prosecutors say Sayoc should remain in jail, believing he is a threat to others and would likely flee. Sayoc's attorneys say he must be presumed innocent until a trial is held. Although today's hearing will be in Florida, he will eventually be moved to New York to face federal charges, including illegal mailing of explosives and threats against former presidents and others. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. 
That ought to take about five seconds to decide this guy's not getting out on bail. Don't you think, Alan? Should be a quickie. I, I don't think there's a coin toss involved here. No. Uber is offering to cover college tuition for some of its top drivers. The ride-sharing company announced its new Uber Pro program yesterday and said it's available to drivers in eight U.S. cities, including Orlando and Tampa. There's a new campaign to try to undo the damage wrought by Hurricane Michael in northwest Florida. Former Florida House Speaker Will Weatherford says they're asking people to donate, volunteer, visit, and invest in the Panhandle. Rebuild 850 is an effort to bring awareness, to bring resources, to bring volunteers, and ultimately to bring capital into this region. You can donate and volunteer online at rebuild850.org. The site also includes links telling you which areas are open for business. UCF is still unbeaten, but it wasn't easy. The Knights had to come from behind in the second half to outscore Temple in a wild one at Spectrum Stadium last night, 52-40. to UCF quarterback Mackenzie Milton was back after missing a game due to injury and said he had a good time. Oh, you know, I think I think it's always fun playing in games like this. You know, a lot of points being scored. Hats off to Temple. Their, their quarterback played his butt off. He was, he was making some great throws out there. Um, but, you know, when, when, when we needed to step, step up big, our defense got some turnovers and, you know, we made some plays. I think the police are pulling uh, Mackenzie Milton over for speeding. <laughs> the, <laughs> he is pretty fast. He is. He was awesome. It took a while for him to overcome Temple, but what a game, and the streak continues. 21 games in a row for mm-hmm. UCF. WFLA News Time is 7.07. A drunk baggage handler at the Kansas City Airport falls asleep in cargo hold and wakes up in Chicago. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that, great. That story is online. <laughs> At WFLAOrlando.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I'll tell you what. This is A Material, these teases. At 6 o'clock, you told us to go to the website. Something about a... A half-naked woman falling through the ceiling of a Tennessee restaurant twice. <laughs> we'll go see them both at uh, WFLAOrlando.com. Alan Spector with the news on Fridays, back whenever it breaks. Bottom of the hour is the next update scheduled. And Yaffe at the controls. Stephanie will be taking your phone calls. So many of you um, have written to me, left me voicemails, um, talked to me when I'm making my way around town. Says, Bud Man, all these amendments on the Florida ballot, I'm confused. Can you sort it out and let me know how you recommend I vote? I'm going to give you my take on this. I've actually got a few yes votes planned for Florida amendments, which is actually rare for me. And um, I'll take you through all 12 of them here in just a moment, and I'd like to get your take on whether or not you see it my way or not. Okay, the Florida amendments next on the 50,000-watt front porch as we greet you from the front gate realty studio from your sale pound to 50 keyword real estate. First of all, though, want to give some money away. It's our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest, and you could win $1,000 in cold cash now. Listen for the keyword of the hour. Here it comes. Text the keyword to 200-200, and very good luck to you. Followed, of course, by our latest check on Orlando's news, water, and traffic, and I'll have that in just two minutes on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. FM and AM 540. Ridiculous how many amendments for your consideration on the Florida ballot. I think for people who don't go in there already knowing how they plan to vote and with a sample ballot all marked up, it's why the lines are likely to be so long on Election Day, even though there's been a lot of early voting. 
is because it just takes so long to plod through all of this. Um, people keep asking me, Budman, how should I vote on the amendments or how are you voting on the amendments? I definitely want to get your take on it. If you've locked in on, on certain ones that you want to support and other ones you want to vote down, um, I will be taking phone calls into the next half hour on this. If you want to get in early with your thoughts on the amendments, 407-916-5400. Our toll-free, 866-916-5400. If you want to hit the text line, that'll never be busy. Always wide open at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. There are 12 amendments on the ballot. There were 13. Uh, number 8 got struck down, thank goodness, by the Florida Supreme Court that should have taken out several more that you will find that I am absolutely categorically voting no on. But let me give you... Um, the four amendments of the 12 that will get a yes vote from the Budman. Um, I've talked about this one. Amendment three would give Florida residents, we the people, the exclusive right to decide in the future whether to authorize casino gambling. I don't want that in the hands of the legislature because the, the deep-pocketed casino gambling lobby will continue to put relentless pressure on the legislature to sway votes in their behavior, in, in their in their behalf, and and to and to um, you know donate to campaigns in exchange with a wink and a nod for supporting an expansion of casino gambling, which I think is fundamentally incompatible with our family-friendly tourist mecca that is the state of Florida. So I want that in the hands of the people. That's why I'm a yes vote on number three on casino gambling, okay? Um, number four, talked about this a lot. A lot of you disagree with me, but I think it's an issue fundamentally of fairness. When you have paid your debt to society, you don't owe anymore by definition. So when you, as a felon, have served your time and gone through probation or whatever else the judge orders, with the exception of felony sex offenders, or murderers, you instantly have your voting rights restored. It's done that way in almost every other state. It should be done here in Florida. I am a yes on Amendment 4, restoring the voting rights of people convicted of felonies who have done their time for the crime and paid their debt to society. You've heard me on that time after time. A yes vote also on Amendment 5, this would require a two-thirds vote of each chamber of the Florida legislature to impose new taxes or fees or to increase existing ones. I'm all about smaller government and less government spending. If we have some incredible emergency in the future that requires additional tax revenue, then fine, we should have no trouble getting a two-thirds vote. Okay? But let's keep the bar high there, because in the future, particularly if the liberals take over, they're going to be raising taxes all the time, and there's going to be nothing you can do about it. We need to make that bar higher, and this does it. I'm a yes on Amendment 5. And then my remaining yes vote on the amendments would be for number 12, which says elected officials, if this is approved, would be banned from lobbying the bodies they were elected to for six years after leaving office. I think that is good, and I think that is healthy. And the amendment also would ban any elected official from using their office to receive a disproportionate benefit 
Not exactly sure how we quantify that, but a disproportionate benefit for themselves, their families, or their business. Okay? Um, Enough with this unholy alliance between lobbyists and our elected officials. There's no good to come of it. That's why I'm a yes on Amendment 12. There are eight other amendments which are an absolute slam dunk no for me, but for more than one reason. And I will give you my no votes here, amendment by amendment, here in a moment. Now, where are you on my take on the amendments here, the ones I'll vote yes for? And where are you on the amendments? Do you have, have you decided whether or not you're going to vote yes or no on certain amendments? Or are you still, are you still trying to figure it all out? Give me a call, 407-916-5400. You can text me at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Yaffe, you and I work together for many years now, and I've come to know that there's hardly ever a Florida ballot amendment that gets a yes vote from Yaffe. Yes, this is very, very true, because I really don't like that we have all these amendments on the ballot every single year. It's not what amendments to a Florida constitution is supposed to be. And especially the ones from the CRC, the one that, meet, that meets every 20 years, that bundles them all together. Oh, the Constitution Revision Committee? Yeah. The bundling concept is outrageous, and it, and it needs to be ended. And the only way to do that is consistently vote down the bundling amendments. Yeah. And there's a bunch of them. They're getting my no vote and yours as well. Yeah, I mean, I would get rid of that committee, frankly. But the only, the only amendment that I would, I'm voting for is Amendment 4. Restoring voting rights if you yes. paid your... I feel to like society and, and, and done your time for the crime. Yeah, I agree with you. We're one of the few states that still does it that way. Yeah. And I feel like that is a constitutional issue because it's a voting rights issue. But I'm mm-hmm. voting no on everything else. Yep. Yep. And you know what? You and I are uh, no votes on amendments. One and two has to do with homestead tax exemptions here because we feel like this ought to be handled by the legislature. Yep. Uh, number one would provide another $25,000 homestead tax exemption for properties assessed at hundred grand or more. Number two would permanently adopt what is already on the books as an existing cap limiting property tax assessment increases to 10% annually for commercial or rental problems. Let the legislature handle this kind of thing, okay? Too many ornaments on this Christmas tree. That's kind of the way we treat the Constitution with all of these amendments, but I've never seen any more than we have this time around. 6 through 11 are all these bundling amendments uh, from the Constitution Revision Committee. I mean, you get, uh, you know, one of them that would expand victims' rights in criminal proceedings. You may say, gee, that's really great. But then, on the other hand, if you vote for that, you also would be voting to raise the mandatory retirement age of judges. I mean, these are unrelated. It's outrageous. We should not put voters in a situation of voting for something they want and thereby getting something they don't want. This is ridiculous. It is obscene. It is insulting. It needs to end, okay? That's why I am a no vote on Amendments 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. They're all bundling unrelated issues. This got to stop here. And finally, on Amendment 13, that would um, put an end to greyhound racing. Uh, I know there are abuses of these animals, Uh, But I'm still a no vote here because we should not be able, we the people should not be able to vote a private business out of existence. Let the free market decide whether a business, in this case dog uh, racing, succeeds or or fails. We do have textures 
And um, Sam, I'll put you on first when we get to phone calls here. But I want to know where you stand. I've given you my, I've given you my analysis here on all of the uh, all the amendments. I'm only voting yes on four of them. I'm voting no on eight of them. And I want to know whether or not you think I've got it right or whether you see it another way. I will take phone calls and more text messages, 407-916-5400, text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply. And Oh, yeah, the toll-free you can grab, too, on the phone, 866-916-5400 is the number there. Talking Florida amendments, everybody's been asking me about them. I've gone through all of them and given you my take, and I'd like to know what you think. Bottom of the hour, Alan Spector bringing us the news. President Trump says rocks equal firearms when it comes to the folks arriving with these caravans on our border. And it is time this weekend to fall back. Good morning, Orlando at 730. Earlier in the show, we brought you some sound cuts from the president's speech on illegal immigration from the White House yesterday. And that's where we begin with Alan Spector's bottom of the hour update on the news. Alan? But President Trump addressed what he called the immigration crisis in the United States. Speaking at the White House, the president said the military will use deadly force if they're attacked by a caravan of migrants heading toward the border. They want to throw rocks at our military. Our military fights back. We're going to consider, and I tell them, consider it a rifle. When they throw rocks like they did at the Mexico military and police, I say, consider it a rifle. The president ordered the deployment of more than 5,000 troops to the southern border. With less than one week until the midterms, Democrats have accused President Trump of fear-mongering. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Common Cause is accusing several states of engaging in voter suppression tactics in the run-up to the midterm elections, but they don't see it in the Sunshine State. Liza McLennan with Common Cause of Florida was holding back tears as she described the resilience of voters in the small town of Weewahitchka that was shredded by Hurricane Michael. There are American flags flying on both sides of the street leading up to their damaged library, which is used for an early vote site. It has blue tarps over the roof and plywood in the windows, yet the voters are turning out to vote. Common Cause is praising state and local elections officials for their efforts to ensure that hurricane survivors can vote in the midterms, even if their usual polling places were destroyed by the storm. Boy, you could hear her emotion in her voice there. We got patriots in the panhandle. I love it. NASA is preparing to launch a weather satellite before dawn tomorrow morning from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. The ICON satellite sits atop a Northrop Grumman rocket. It'll study how severe weather affects GPS navigation. The launch window opens at 4 a.m. Earlier this year, the governor signed a new law called the Sunshine Protection Act that says Florida will remain on daylight saving time all year long. It was sponsored by State Senator Greg Stubbe of Bradenton. So it's the intent. This bill, once we move the clocks forward in March, if then Congress amends the U.S. Code to allow states to opt into daylight savings time, When we move the clocks forward in March, we would stay in daylight saving time. Now, Congress has agreed to let states opt out of daylight saving time, and two of them, Arizona and Hawaii, have done that. But they've never approved the idea of opting in to daylight saving time year-round, so Florida will be falling back to standard time Sunday morning. Yeah, we've been getting questions about that, and those are the answers you provided. It was no contest between two horrible teams on Thursday night football as the San Francisco 49ers crushed the Oakland Raiders 34-3. And elsewhere, Bud, yes, sir. the WWE is defending its decision to go ahead with a wrestling event today in Saudi Arabia. 
Chief Brand Officer Stephanie McMahon said it had been a tough decision to go ahead with the Crown Jewel pay-per-view after the murder of Saudi journalist and U.S. resident Jamal Khashoggi last month. Khashoggi, a critic of Saudi leadership, was murdered inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey, sparking international condemnation. McMahon said that despite the murder, staging the event is ultimately a business decision. The Crown Jewel is set to get underway at noon our time. All right, we'll see how that plays out. And they're doing it without two of their biggest stars, John Cena and Daniel Bryan, have both pulled out. Boycotting it. Well, they haven't said why, Mm -hmm. but they're not going to be there. On the other hand, another top wrestler named Randy Orton was caught by TMZ uh, uh, at the airport getting Mm -hmm. ready to board a flight to Saudi Arabia. He said, I got five kids. If they tell me to uh, wrestle in Saudi Arabia, I'm going to Saudi Arabia. got mouths to feed. Exactly. The Netflix drama House of Cards is back for a sixth and final season. The star, Kevin Spacey, who played the president on the show, will not be returning after facing a firestorm of sexual misconduct allegations. The show's been tight-lipped about how his character Frank Underwood will be killed off, but it shouldn't be too hard to find a culprit. The new House of Cards can be seen on Netflix starting today. And finally, NFL fans in Philadelphia are calling it the Eagles' baby boom. Nine months after the Philadelphia Eagles upset victory over the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, local hospitals are reporting a surge in deliveries. Nurses in the city of brotherly love have taken to calling the new arrivals Super Bowl babies. The trend seems to support the notion that winning cities can expect to see an increase in birth rates nine months after Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> How about that? you think people would be tired after the game. You would think so, but, but apparently not too tired. Maybe, you know, halftime. <laughs> not, not in Philly. I mean, there's sports fanatics out there. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about sports. Well, not that kind, anyway. <laughs> Alan, thank you. Alan Spector bringing us the news on Fridays. He'll be back whenever news breaks. Top of the hour, bottom of the hour, right through to 9 o'clock, of course. It's the um, Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando. So glad you're with us as we greet you from the Front Gate Realty Studio from your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate. So I've taken you through all the amendments as to how I'm going to vote and why. I've got four yes votes, eight no votes. Wish we didn't have all these amendments, but we do. It's rare that I would give a yes vote for any more than one or two of these amendments, but I found enough merit in four of them that I'll be voting yes. Um, Sam wants to weigh in from Merritt Island, and I'll take your call first here. We've got texters on the line. And I want to know whether you agree with my take on the amendments, how you'll be voting. I'd love to know. 407-916-5400. A lot of folks are still out there and trying to figure it all out with the amendments, and we're trying to help you as best we can. 407-916-5400. Do I have it right? And the toll-free, 866-916-5400. Text line, 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. You're next, right after our latest update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming for you in just two minutes. Stick around on Good Morning Orlando. So there are 12 amendments on this endless Florida ballot, and um, I am voting yes on uh, 3, 4, 5, and 12, no on the rest. Uh, Sam, you're in Merritt Island. I want to thank you for being so patient. You've been on a while. I I wanted to get to you as soon as I could, and that's right now. You're on with the Bud Man. Good morning uh, on the amendment, Sam. Good morning, Bud. I'm amazed that you're uh, voting no on Amendment 2. Okay, that is the one that would permanently adopt an already existing cap that limits property tax assessment increases to 10% a year 
on non-homestead property like commercial and rental properties. I think it's a good idea. I just think it ought to be handled by the legislature instead of, you know, a constitutional issue. Hello? Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Can you hear me? What happened? What was that all about, guys? So upset that you disagreed with him. He just oh, I don't think you. so, but I don't think he was hearing me there. That's just a technical thing. It happens. Really? I can't deal with this. <laughs> <All right>. So <laughs> I think you'll be okay. I think you'll survive. All right, okay. What about the text line, Yaffe, on the amendments? Everyone's asking me all over town about the amendments. Uh, yeah, a lot of people disagreeing with you, of course, on Amendment 4. I have a few people saying that definitely a no vote on giving voting rights to felons. It's not a debt to society that's been paid. It's a punishment that is lasting. That's what one person said. Okay, okay. How come only a handful of states do it this way? We have this ridiculous system here where you, you know, you can appeal to get your voting rights back before the governor and the cabinet, and, you know, precious few people ever get their voting rights back that way. It's just a fundamental issue of fairness, Yaffe. It really is. Oh, I agree with you, but... You know... So okay. We're going to have a lot of our audiences. Is, just, is anybody, can't convince is, them. Is anybody lit up on anything other than Amendment 4? Uh, one person says, I'm a no on all the amendments. Another person agrees with me that I'm um, voting no on all of them except four. Mm-hmm. And um, one person said yes on one, yes on two, all the rest no. Hey, look who's back on the line. Sam, we had a technical glitch. I'm sorry. Um, yes. Welcome back from Merritt Island, Sam. I'm amazed that you are planning to vote no. In your uh, going through the four that you planned to vote for, Mm -hmm. you indicated that you were not interested in raising taxes and and keeping them where they are. Amendment two. Well, I am interested in in raising the threshold for for approving new taxes here. Um, And and, and that's why I I am a yes on that particular amendment. But why are you amazed here, Sam? Sam? I understand what you've said about leaving these amendment situations up yeah. to the legislature. Yes. However, mm-hmm. when the Florida legislature will not act on things, then we have the amendment process. This is one of those amendments that they have failed to act on. So you're going to be a yes vote on Amendment 2. Thank you. Sam, I don't know what's going on. Sam and I are having, what we have here, as they said in Cool Hand Luke, what we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> anyway, um, oh boy, here we go on Amendment 4. Mark, good morning from Orlando. Hello, Mark. Hey, good morning, bud. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Can you hear me, bud? I can. Uh, good morning. I, I was just going to say that I am... Uh, uh, very impressed that both you and Bud are uh, in favor of four and restoring voting rights to the... You and Bud, I am I, Bud. You, no, I meant you and Jaffe is what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little there. What I was going to say is I'm especially impressed because it's going to put 1.5 million more Democrats on the rolls. But, uh, but uh, you know, you're... Uh, um, more for democracy than you more than you are for the Republican agenda. So I uh, well, I you know, I, I don't look at this as a partisan politics issue, Mark. I really don't, with all due respect. I mean, and it is a paid your debt to society. That's what we say when somebody's out of jail and has satisfied all the requirements of the courts and the criminal justice system, done the time for the crime, the additional probation, whatever it happens to be. 
You got all your other rights back. You can go buy a house. You can go get a job. You can drive a car. But somehow you can't vote. It's just like I've said before. You know, if I owe you $5,000 and I pay you $5,000, you don't get to come back to me and tell me I still owe you more money. Think about it. Think about it. Makes no sense, which is why hardly any other state does it the way we do it. And all those other states are not run by wacko left-wing nutjobs. A lot of very conservative red states restore the voting rights of felons when they have done the time for the crime and paid their debt to society. Okay? I don't look at it as a partisan politics issue. It is an issue of logic and fairness. Hey, it's Friday, and that's always a good thing, right? But it's not just any Friday. It is Free Movie Friday here on WFLA, and good morning, Orlando. Free Movie Friday, thanks to Adam Tickets. Here's your chance to win free movie tickets through Adam Tickets. Here's what you do. You need to text them now. Text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661 for your chance to win. And download that Adam's Ticket app. It's amazing. That's where you go to browse movie titles, buy tickets, and oh so much more. Happy Free Movie Friday from all of us here on the 50,000-watt front porch. So have you heard the new CNN poll is just out, and all of a sudden Gillum's lead over DeSantis is down to a point? Nelson's lead over Scott is down to two? I'll tell you what I think is going on here. And I think there is something at work that has me feeling more confident this morning than I have that we will wake up on Wednesday morning talking about Governor-elect DeSantis and Senator-elect Scott. And we'll talk about that. More trouble for the Gillum campaign. And we're going to give you an inside listen that you don't want to miss. All of that is coming up right after the news, brought to us on Fridays by my good buddy Alan Spector, who is standing by to tell you about the new poll indicating those races tightening in Florida and the accused male bomber here in Florida will be in court today. Good morning, Orlando, at 7.59. Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you. Delighted to have you on board here at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, new polls show tightening races in Florida. Love details in one minute. And I'll tell you what I think's going on here. And we're going to take you inside the troubled Gillum campaign. Stay tuned. It's next here on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 93.1. New polls from CNN indicate that Florida's two major statewide races are a dead heat. In the U.S. Senate contest, Democratic incumbent Bill Nelson leads Republican Governor Rick Scott by two points, 49% to 47%. And in the governor's race, Democrat Andrew Gillum has a one point advantage over Republican Ron DeSantis, 49% to 48%. A previous CNN poll had Gillum up by 12 points. Yeah, and um, we're going to analyze that poll further here. 
And I'll tell you what I think is going on just four days from the election. And Gillum and Nelson will be joined on the campaign trail in Miami today by former President Barack Obama. President Trump returns to Florida tomorrow. He'll appear with DeSantis in Pensacola. And there's yet another big name on the campaign trail. And there's yet another big name on the campaign trail. There you go. Yep. Okay. Where is she? Oh, man. It was Oprah Winfrey. Standing you up, Alan. I, I thought you, you guys I, were tight. You, you think? <laughs> All right, Oprah. She was campaigning for the uh, for the candidate for Senate up in Georgia. Uh, governor in Georgia. Governor, rather, Stacey yeah. Abrams. Right. Uh, she's in a tight race with Republican Brian Kemp. If elected, Abrams would be the nation's first female African-American governor. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's not Oprah's fault. It was my fault. I just realized. Really? The uh, news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. (laughs) I'm not throwing Oprah under the bus. You've got too much money. (laughs) The Carnival Sunshine cruise ship returns to Port Canaveral this morning after some scary moments at sea. The ship began listing Sunday when an electrical malfunction caused the vessel's fins, which stabilized the ship, to not work correctly. Carnival Cruise Lines maintains the ship is safe and passengers were in no danger Never mind all that stuff falling off your shelves. People were freaking out. It only lasted a minute. Yeah. You know, but who knew at that point, you know, as to whether they were going to flip over on a Poseidon adventure or go down like the Titanic. Look, it's Shelly Winters (laughs) floating by the window. Stop it. Folks in North Florida who are still cleaning up after Hurricane Michael are looking to the rest of the state for help. It's only been a few weeks since the Category 4 storm slammed the panhandle, but Former Florida House Speaker Will Weatherford says it's already fading from public view. He said it's already fading from public view. <laughs> people it just became don't... <laughs> apparent that the state and the country had moved on from Hurricane Michael, but the people who were in Hurricane Michael's way are not going to be able to move on for quite some time. This effort, Rebuild 850, is about making sure the panhandle is not forgotten. They're asking you to donate, volunteer, visit the areas that are back in business, and Invest in the region for the long haul. Details can be found at rebuild850.org. You know, these people, you need to whip them into shape. They need to start talking on cue, Alan. Yeah, rehearsal times are posted, people. Come on. <laughs> the South Florida man accused of mailing bombs to prominent Democrats, CNN, and others around the country is due in court this morning in Miami. 56-year-old Cesar Sayoc will go before a judge for a pre-trial detention hearing. The judge could order Sayoc to be transferred to New York. The suspect in the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting is pleading not guilty to 44 criminal counts. Robert Bowers carried himself in a defiant manner as he was led into the courtroom yesterday and showed no emotion even after being told he would face the death penalty. UCF and Temple combined for more than 1,300 yards of total offense in a shootout at Spectrum Stadium last night. The Knights eventually prevailed 52-40. to despite trailing at halftime. UCF head coach Josh Heupel knew the Owls would be tough. We talked about going in the ball game, knowing that uh, Temple's really well coached. They're playing really well and extremely physical. It was going to be a 60-minute ball game. Uh, going down at halftime, kids are, are calm. Uh, have a competitive calmness about them. Uh, believe in, in who and what we are. And, um, you know, just continue to fight, scratch, and claw and find a way to, to get on the right side. I think one out of three sound cuts playing on time is good. Not bad, you know. Bat 333 in the major leagues. You can lead the league. Exactly. (laughs) The 12th-ranked Knights extended the nation's longest winning streak to 21 games. (sighs) WFLA (laughs) news time is 8.08. Like your coffee black? You might be a psychopath. 
That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Uh-oh. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Use your smart speaker. Say, Alexa, play News Radio 93.1. If that's true, you got a psychopath hosting this show every morning. Well, that's not um, exactly breaking news. I was about news. to say, we all knew it already <laughs> okay. anyway. Okay. You guys, I was just about to give you some props. Your UCF alums here. Talk up your nights and all of that. Forget it. Let's let's go. We're getting in some other. I can't deal with you people. Well, go talk to Steph about the Gators then. Well, yeah, we could do that. She's not talking. No. She's screening. <laughs> See that? She's doing her job, right? 407-916-5400. Talk to Steph to get to me if you want to weigh in on this stunning new CNN poll that shows the lead for Gillum down to one, the lead for Nelson down to two. I'll tell you what's going on here. Two words, unpollable votes. Coming up next, and hidden camera video from which we've grabbed the sound that will help you understand what Andrew Gillum and his campaign are all about. It is just ahead. Don't miss it. Power Pack final hour here, starting with our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Like to win a thousand bucks before the day really gets started? Well, it could happen for you. You could win a thousand dollars. Just listen now for our keyword of the hour coming your way in seconds. And then text that keyword immediately to 200 200. You could win a grand. Good luck. That followed by our latest update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Here's what I think's going on. You believe this new CNN poll? Um, gosh, we've got um, the race for governor now within a point of being dead even. Forty-nine for Gillum, forty-eight for DeSantis. Um, that's that's a lot tighter than just a month ago. And in the uh, Nelson Scott Senate race here, it's two points right now. Nelson on the latest CNN poll, forty-nine, and um, Scott forty-seven. A decline in support in this poll shown across demographic groups um, for Gillum. He's losing non-white voters. Non-white voters. A month ago in the same poll, uh, he was nine points better than he is with non-white voters than he is now in the CNN poll. And uh, those without college degrees, he's down seven points. Down six with women. You know, I think the lying... I think the the corruption investigation, I think the haughty attitude that he shows, a couple of pretty good debate performances by DeSantis, Gillum continuing to play the race card to try to inoculate himself against any criticism. I think that's what's going on here. And um, I think that one thing that is tightening up the race and will tighten it up further, and I think I think we now have a reasonable chance, I'm feeling it, that we're going to wind up with DeSantis and Scott both winning and pulling their races out. I I'm, I really do believe we have what essentially is a version of the unpollable pro-Trump vote back in 2016, and, and that gets applied here in the midterms, even though the president is not actually on the ballot. It's a referendum on him and those who support him. Um, I think there's an unpollable vote here to the benefit of DeSantis and Scott. Um, and and when I when I say that I mean I hang up on pollsters. I don't like to be interrupted at home. I don't trust a lot of the polls and the pollsters. 
So I'm unpollable in that regard. I never register my opinion. They have to go to somebody else. There's a lot of you, I think, are exactly the same way. That's an unpollable vote. But those votes will be cast and they will be counted. And the online surveys, you get voters who are a little bit older, might be inclined to be a little bit more conservative, pro-Trump, or supporting candidates who are endorsed by Trump. The online surveys miss a lot of them. Unpollable votes. Um, let me go to John here in Titusville. John, good morning. You're on with a bud man on the issue of what's tightening up this race and how it might play out. John, good morning. I agree with you, Bud. Uh, good morning. I agree with you that uh, there's the silent majority, those people who only speak at the polls, uh, and hopefully they'll speak loudly. But there's one factor you haven't brought in is, is voter fraud. I mean, we have the most corrupt backing of Gillum. We have Soros. We have uh, Sanders. We have Obama. That's a corrupt political machine. Well, listen, so, I'm, I'm not saying there is a potential for, um, for voter fraud, but I have no reporting, no evidence of it, so it's not anything I can really talk about with any substance, John. That's why you're not hearing it. No, no, I, I agree with you, but every, please, everyone needs to know, they need to get out and vote, whether they think it's going to be so close. Every vote is, needs to be counted, and yeah. everyone needs to vote and and. and, and I agree with that 100%. People need to get out there right now. If you want to stop us from having the most left-wing governor in the history of this state or this, or anywhere in the country right now, and Andrew Gillum, this guy's way out of the mainstream, you've got to get everybody you know within your family, your circle of friends, church, or whatever, and get them to the polls and register a vote for DeSantis in particular. Uh, I'm more worried about him than I am about Rick Scott, and we've said that, and that's what needs to happen here. And... Um, I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic than I had been. And Gillum continues to have problems. And I think this Project Veritas hidden camera video taking you inside his campaign is another problem for Gillum. I'll share that with you as I did for our listeners in the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, Don't miss it, and we'll squeeze in calls as time permits. We'll get to that right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes for you on Good Morning Orlando. I think the uh, corruption probe, um, the fact that Gillum's been caught lying about the fact that he accepted expensive Broadway tickets from an undercover FBI agent, and he he knew that the tickets weren't coming from his brother, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera how he continues to play the race card to inoculate himself against criticism, no matter what's going on here. I think people have had that, and I think they're beginning to get a handle on, they've had it with that, and they're getting a handle on what a left-wing, out-of-the-mainstream character this guy is. And do we really want to elect a left-wing extremist to run this state? Project Veritas, uh, James O'Keefe's conservative group, has um, released some hidden camera video They got somebody in to talk inside the Gillum campaign with Omar Smith, a key member of the Gillum campaign team. Guy says he went to college with uh, Gillum uh, and was hired by the Democrat Party, and he doesn't realize that he's on hidden camera talking with a reporter from Project Veritas. I want you to listen to a few cuts here, taking you inside the campaign and confirming what we've been telling you about the politics of Andrew Gillum for openers here. Listen to this. No doubt left as to where Gillum is on the political spectrum. Far left. Here's Omar Smith. 
You have the extreme right wingers. Those are the the Trump and the, the the crazy, 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 crazy Republicans. The progressives are the crazy, crazy, crazy Democrat. Isn't Gillum a progressive? Gillum is a progressive. So Gillum is part of the crazy crazies? He's part of the crazy, crazy, crazy. There you go. Now, here's Omar Smith revealing the Gillum campaign's contempt for Florida's more conservative politics, which blocks left-wing extremists like Gillum. Listen for the slur here, among other things, against white Floridians, the use of the term cracker. The rules in Florida f- up. <laughs> well, tell me about it, man. All right, this is a f- bad state. Okay. It's a cracker state. Okay. Okay? Ask anybody outside of here. You go Port St. Lucie, Orlando. Man, them crackers ain't gonna let us do that. Wow, and here's Omar Smith inside the Gillum campaign um, saying that Gillum knows, he fully knows that his left-wing agenda will never be enacted if he's elected. Raise the corporate tax in Florida from 7 to 11%. That will never happen. Raise teachers' pay to $50,000. That will never happen. Give me another position. Medicare for all. Medicare, yeah. That will never happen. Reason being, the legislature that writes the bills is all Republican controlled. So then none of the programs that, that you know people are hoping for would happen? Basically. Well, do voters know that? I know. I know. Do voters know that? That's not for them to know. Huh? That's not for them to know. Remember I was saying? Modern day fairy tales start with once I am elected. So Gillum knows that his left-wing agenda will never be enacted. As for the voters, that's not for them to know that he knows that. Finally, quick cut here with a hidden camera rolling. The undercover Project Veritas reporter asks Omar Smith with the Gillum campaign team, how does Andrew Gillum get enough votes to get elected governor? You have to appeal to white guilt. How do you do that? You keep on playing the race card? And a lot of people out there, they do feel white guilt. Here you finally got a young, enterprising black man, great speaker, charismatic figure, running for the highest office in the state. Yeah, even though he's a left-wing extremist, even though he's a demonstrated liar and may well be found to be corrupt to the max, I'm going to vote for him. I feel good about that. And, 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 and if I don't vote for, for him, I, I feel guilty and, and I feel like a racist. you got to appeal to white guilt. Bertha, good morning from Volusia County in the beautiful town of DeLand. What are your thoughts four days out from the election, Bertha? Good morning, Bud. First of all, I want to say souls to the poll is Sunday. And another thing, thank God for Google. Why haven't you talked about that uh, Ron DeSantis quit his job because he's under investigation in, in Washington? You haven't talked about that, right? No, and I'm not at all sure that that's clear. No, you clear. know about it, but it's okay because you know what I say? Um, um, polls don't um, vote, people do. And the fact of the matter is they can try to dirty up 
um, getting all they wanted because you'll see on Wednesday what's going to happen. Well, I'm, you don't want it, but God wants it, okay? God wants it? Really? Wait a oh, minute. Yeah, Have you talked yeah, to God and God what? has told you that Andrew Gillum has got to be the next governor? You think Ron hand? People can Google and find out all they need to know. That's why he quit his job. God wants okay. God wants Gillum? you'll be able to come to work on Wednesday when you find the truth out, Okay. Okay, Bertha, you're Have sure now. God, weekend. God, wait a minute. Have God, a wait, wait a minute. God wants Gillum to win. You know You'll that. We'll see. He will be governor. We'll see. All right. Indeed, we will. She's got an inside pipeline all the way up inside Heaven's Gates. You see, you don't get that from any other talk radio audience. We've got people with connections here. Thank you, Bertha. Trump says rocks equal firearms along the border. Time to fall back. News coming. Alan Spector on deck. Good morning, Orlando, on a Friday for the Front Gate Realty Studio. We continue till 9. From your cell, hit pound 250. Keyword, real estate. We are glad you're with us. Bottom of the hour on a beautiful Friday morning as we charge toward the 9 o'clock hour. Let's call timeout right now and get up to date. The president, big speech on illegal immigration from the White House yesterday. Alan? Well, you know, bud, it's always a good idea not to throw rocks at people. And that's what President Trump is telling the migrants headed to the U.S. border. Trump said yesterday that some members of the Central American migrant caravans are very bad people who throw rocks and have injured Mexican police doing so. He warned that U.S. officials will liken rocks to firearms if that happens at the U.S. border. President Trump held another Make America Great rally in Columbia, Missouri last night, and he again accused Democrats of being behind the caravan. And you take a look at the scene where thousands and thousands of people are marching. And then you hear that Democrats want to have open borders, and they want to invite caravan after caravan into our country overwhelming your schools, your hospitals, and your communities. Trump was campaigning in Missouri on behalf of Republican Senate candidate Josh Hawley, who's in a tight race with Democratic incumbent Claire McCaskill. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. As the midterm elections approach, the folks at Common Cause are concerned about voter suppression in states like Georgia, Texas, and North Carolina, but not the Sunshine State. Liza McClenahan with Common Cause of Florida says officials here are doing a great job making sure people in hard-hit areas of the panhandle are able to vote. In Florida, we're celebrating the resilience of our electorate, the supervisors of elections, poll workers and volunteers who've made the general election in Florida's hard-hit areas of the panhandle following Hurricane Michael happen. The Panama City area suffered some of the worst damage during the hurricane, but McClanahan says they've already turned out more early voters than the midterms of 2014. Earlier this year, Florida lawmakers passed the Sunshine Protection Act that says Florida will remain on daylight saving time all year long. But State Senator Greg Stubbe of Bradenton says they can't do it without help from Washington. Congress still has to act because right now under the U.S. Code, states can opt into standard time. They cannot opt into daylight saving time. Congress has not seen fit to deal with the issue, so Florida will return to standard time Sunday morning. But the Sunshine Protection Act is still on the books and will take effect if the politicians in Washington give their permission in the future. Nick Mullins threw for 262 yards and three touchdowns. It is Nick Mullins, future NFL Hall of Famer Nick Mullins. (laughs) Threw for 262 yards and three touchdowns in his first NFL start 
as the San Francisco 49ers routed the Oakland Raiders 34-3 in Santa Clara in a battle of two teams, which between them had two victories going into that game. Yeah, they're just horrible, but this is the third-string quarterback because of injuries, and he had a heck of a debut. Yeah. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Headed for Canton. Remember that name. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, bud? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I usually at this time over the past couple of months, I've had a, a music quiz for you. You humble me on a regular basis with you, your music you've, quizzes. You performed horribly at that. So. Right, and you've taken pity on me, and you've um, you've made a change here, I understand. Yeah, instead of a music quiz, I've got a movie quiz. Uh, let's go. This is very simple. I'm going to play a clip from a movie, a well-known motion picture. I'll even tell you it came out within the last 20 years. You tell me the name of this movie. I have no idea. Oh, come on. You don't know this movie? Why did I, I didn't even I didn't even quite catch what the guy was saying. Well, here you go. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? No. It's the question we ask One here every morning. One of the best what? movies of all time. <laughs> One what of the is... best movies of all time. Okay, I'm eating my humble pie over here. Help me out. What's the movie? Gladiator. That's right. Oh, I that's... never saw it. That was You've right. never seen Gladiator? No, you have I... an assignment this weekend I didn't make to it. go watch that movie. That you, w- you know why? I don't go to some of these movies anymore because my wife got so tired of me taking her to action movies she said, I'm never again going with you to a movie that invo- involves, what is it, horses and swords, which I assume Gladiator does, and that's why we never yeah. made it. All right, now this film came out in 2018 years ago. You say this rule has been in effect? Oh, it's been going on a long time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You yeah. must go see that movie. Yeah. That was uh, Russell Crowe as Maximus in that clip in the film Gladiator. Now, the word is that director and producer Ridley Scott is working on a sequel to the Oscar-winning film. Of course, Bud will be completely lost because he didn't see the first one. (laughs) The movie earned a total of 11 Oscar nominations, won five of them, including Best Picture and Best Actor for Crow. It made $460 million at the box office. Could have made a few more, except for Bud's wife. Well, one of you guys are going to have to go along with the movie too, with, with me because Linda won't go with me. There's, There's no, a band. It's not on, in theaters. Well, it won't be in theaters. The sequel he's talking about. Oh, the, the sequel. sequel. When that uh, comes out, I understand that I'm, an eighteen. I'm not. <laughs> I, I know it's an eighteen-year-old. But you got to see the first one. You got to find a way to see the first one. All right, find all right. It, you know, maybe online. I get it on demand on the tube or something like that. Yes. But I mean, but there's a ban on on her going with me to any movie that involves. Horses or swords, so there's no way. So, you guys, I'm a little skeptical. You need to of take the, sequel, the Bud Man though. to the movie. I'm not sure the sequel. Why? Isn't... Why? What's the problem? The first one just ended so well. I don't know how you have a sequel to it. And the uh, two main characters, played by Crow and Joaquin Phoenix, both died in the scenes, uh, the final epic battle scene of that movie. I so... would say you ruined it, but everyone but Bud has seen this movie. <sighs> <laughs> Anything else? I, I knew this segment wasn't going to go well I for me. I should have said spoiler what else is alert. Going on? What else is going on? Uh, if you've been thinking, bud, there just aren't <laughs> enough Starbucks locations. Oh, yeah. Here's some good news. The coffeehouse giant has announced it plans to open more than 2,000 new stores next year. CEO Kevin Johnson said the expansion will focus on Starbucks' long-term growth markets in the U.S. and China. 
And finally, a newborn baby girl already has some money for college because her parents named her after a fast food icon. Harland Rose was born in North Carolina September 9th, sharing a first name and a birthday with the late KFC founder, Colonel Harland Sanders. The restaurant chain had issued a challenge, be the first baby named Harland on that day and get $11,000 in tuition money. The amount, 11000 is a nod to the 11 herbs and spices the colonel used to make his chicken so famous. How about that? So they've saddled the little one with the name Harland? Well, they're going to call her Harley. Oh, that'll work. Yeah. That'll work. That's pretty cool. I like 11 that. 11 grand. Here you go, Harley. Yeah, not bad. Enjoy. Of course, this, call, this, by the time she gets to college, it will cost $500,000 or something. But, you know, every little bit counts. Sure. Or it'll be free if the Democrats get in, right? And we'll all be paying for it. Oh, no, I see that. I know. I shouldn't politicize Ouch. the fun part of the news here. Alan, thank you. We were having fun. Okay. <laughs> is, there any, is there any more new business to come before the committee, or can we adjourn? Um, <laughs> we just have one final question. We'll go ahead. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Gladiator. Thanks for the education. Okay, fair enough. Coming up here in a moment. Fun and Games, our sound judgment game. You're eligible to play and win if you haven't won in 30 days. we got a great prize. You're going to a great fall family event here in Orlando on us, okay? So, hey, let's get some first-timers along with the sound judgment regulars who haven't won in the last month. 407-916-5400. You're going to love this prize. 407-916-5400. I think this is a real softball. If you've been paying any attention to what's going on in the news in the last 24 hours, you'll nail this one in a heartbeat. But you got to get on the 50,000-watt front porch to play Sound Judgment. The only way to do that is to call me now at 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Or hit the toll-free at 866-916-5400. We're going to make your day going into the weekend by making you the winner of our Sound Judgment game. Join the... Uh, 50,000-watt front porch at 407-916-5400 to go toll-free at 866-916-5400. You're next. Sound judgment right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Now, time for the sound judgment game. The contestants are ready, and what are we playing for today, Steph? Yes, so today, bud, we have a great pair of tickets to Taste of Orlando at Waterford Lakes on Saturday, November 10th. This all-day, family-friendly food festival features delectable taste of the city with live entertainment, a kid zone, a man cave, and much more. Tickets are on sale now. Visit WFLAOrlando.com, keyword events, for more info. It's one of the great family events annually at this time of year, and you're going on us. If you're trying to get in, wait for an open line on the wrong answer. Call 407-916-5400. Here we go. Remember President Bush's Bush 43's famous Axis of Evil speech? Well, I heard something similar yesterday from a member of the Trump team. He was in Miami putting three Western Hemisphere dictatorships on notice when he dubbed them the Troika of Tyranny. Listen to some sound from that speech and then use your sound judgment to name the member of the Trump team who's talking here and give me also his job title. The Nicaraguan regime, like Venezuela and Cuba, will feel the full weight of America's robust sanctions regime. The troika of tyranny in this hemisphere will not endure forever. Like all oppressive regimes and ideologies, they too will meet their demise. So, 
Big-time member of the Trump team, give me his name and tell me his title. Line one, you're up. Go ahead, line one. Is it Mike Pompeo, Secretary of Defense? Uh, No and no. Thank you very much. The line is open at 407-916-5400. Line two, you recognize that voice, and can you tell me what his job title is? Line two. Line two. Got to cut you loose. Sorry. The line's open. Come on, you know this name, and you know what he does. He's been in the news a lot. 407-916-5400. Line three, who are we talking about here? John Bolton, Secretary of State. No, you didn't get the job title right. It is John Bolton, toll-free. What is his title in the Trump administration? Toll-free. Not happening. Thinking it over. Okay, don't have time for that. Line three, take your best shot. What's going on, guys? John Bolton. Say it again. John Bolton, security advisor. National security advisor. I'll take it. Congratulations to you. I didn't think we were going to get there. He was talking about the troika of tyranny down in Miami yesterday. Congratulations. You're our winner this morning. You still with me? Are you there? I'm here. What's your first name? Ed. Hello, Ed. Where, where are you calling from? Point Siena. Wonderful. Down in beautiful Osceola County. Nice to have you on board. Thanks for calling, and congratulations on, on winning our sound judgment game today, Ed. What do I have to do now? you got to just wait on hold, and Stephanie will pick up when I leave you, and we're going to make that prize happen, Okay. Okay, thank you. Yeah, don't go away and don't be a stranger. Nice to have you in from way down in Poinciana. Okay, we've got a great signal down there on our new FM frequency, 93.1, they tell me. So in a moment, and I went through this in great length with you, and we took a lot of calls and texts on it as well earlier, the 12 amendments on the Florida ballot. A lot of you have been asking me, but man, how are you going to vote? You know, give me a little advice here. And so I will quickly run down who gets my, or which one of the amendments get my yes votes and which ones get my no votes. There are 12 of them, and if I can be of help to you, I'd be happy to be. We'll do that just before we sign off, and all of that happens in just a moment. Time is tight, so for those of you who missed it in detail in the 7 o'clock hour, we have 12 amendments for your consideration on the endless Florida ballot here. I'm only voting yes on four of them. The rest of them I'm voting no because they're issues that need to be handled by the state legislature or they're these amendments that are bundling unrelated issues and putting voters in a position of, you know, trying to get something done they want, and in the process they're voting for something they don't want. That practice needs to be ended. All the bundling amendments get a no from the Bud Man. I'll give a yes vote to um, Amendment 3 that would give Florida residents the exclusive right to decide in the future whether or not we authorize additional casino gambling in this state. Uh, Amendment 4, restoring the voting rights of people who have um, paid their debt to society and done the time for the crime. Most states uh, uh, do it that way. We need to do it that way. I'm a yes on Amendment 4. Amendment 5 raises the bar for raising taxes in this country to require a two-thirds vote of either of both the Senate and the House. So I think we need that protection. And Amendment 4 gets a yes from the Bud Man here. Um, it would uh, ban elected officials from lobbying uh, the bodies that they served in um, for six years after they leave office. 